Hi there guys and welcome to today's live stream. We're gonna be talking about that stiffness or discomfort that you can get in the lower back first thing in the morning. We're gonna go through why that is and also a four-step evaluation protocol that you can make on yourself, a self-audit to make sure you can figure out maybe there's a few areas that we can change to make sure that we minimize and even completely eradicate that lower back pain stiffness in the morning. So hopefully you guys are going to find today's live stream really helpful. As always, if you are new to the live stream, new to the videos and the channel, then please do consider hitting that subscribe button. We go live every single weekday and just like every other day, today we'll be doing Q&A at the end of the live stream. We've got Lara the other side of the camera. So as you're watching today's video, if you've got any questions or any other questions related to your back or neck issues, then by all means, post those in the comments below and we'll get to those in the Q&A section at the end of the live stream. With that being said, let's get into today's live stream. Hi there guys. So uh, we're gonna be talking about this sort of four-step strategy uh, for that morning back pain. So a lot of people, when they start out uh, dealing with sort of back pain, a lot of the rehab that they're doing is great and you might be making progress during the day, but this stiffness, this discomfort first thing in the morning is quite often a lingering thing. Even when we've got patients in the clinic, it's one of those things that kind of is last to go. Uh, it takes a little bit of time. So in today's live stream, I'm going to talk a little bit about why that is. Why is it the first thing in the morning that we're just a little bit more stiff, a little bit more rigid, a little bit more uncomfortable? And what can we do to change some of that? So hopefully you guys will get some really solid action points. Maybe if you've got a pen and paper right now, you want to take some notes when we get into those four points. Uh, they're on the board behind me, so I'll talk about those as we go through. And any questions, please do ask those away, as always, in the Q&A. Lara's the other, side of the, the other side of the camera. So I'm going to talk essentially about why it happens first and then how to avoid it. So with that out of the way, let's go straight into it. I've got a lovely little drawing up here. This is probably the worst drawing I've actually ever done um, on a live stream. It's absolutely awful, um, but it's really important to understanding why we get stiffness um, in the lower back in particular. Now, the the, the main thing is, is understanding the circulatory system and the drainage system in your lower back. If we have an injury, this is exacerbated. We have to bear that in mind. So if there's that low-grade inflammation or even more inflammation, then this is going to flare up at night. But the way things work is we've got the red here. I, I use red and blue to, to denote sort of arteries coming in, veins going out. And we've got this ball of capillaries here. And this is obviously very, very much simplified. But your blood obviously gets shunted into the target area under pressure from the pump, the heart. And then it goes through. As it goes into the capillaries, it pushes fluid and nutrients, etc., out into the surrounding tissues. And those are like the sponge. And then from those surrounding tissues, there may be some exchange of carbon dioxide waste product back into the into the um, into the venous system, and then that's going to drain it away again under pressure. But we also get a lot of tissue, what's called interstitial fluid. It's basically fluid between the tissues that is you know, in our cells and, and not inside the circulatory system. And that's where the lymphatics come in. And what happens is through passive movement, there's no pump here at all. Through passive movement, diffusion, osmosis, whatever you want to call it, that these little sort of bits of fluid here start to make their way to the lymphatics. And then these go into the lymphatic system. And the lymphatic system is what drains that, that, that sort of loose circulation, that interstitial fluid around our entire body. The lymphatic system is not under uh, under under the influence of a pump it just passively kind of moves through our body it comes up into the core and somewhere around about here it drops back in to our venous system to go back into the heart and then out we go again 
um, to, to, to clean everything out. So that's kind of the simplistics of the lymphatic system, but they are not under pressure. And this is the really uh, important thing I want you guys to get your head around because it's movement, it's that movement on a daily basis, those little bits of movement that allow, this is why we get you guys to go for things like a walk, because that little bit of movement helps with squeezing this system and just pumping, using our body rather than our heart, that interstitial fluid back into the lymphatic system and then through the lymphatic system back up into circulation again and the cycle continues. Now, we all know people, especially uh, sort of older family members, etc., that have become much, much more inactive. And you often see that the ankles swell. Well, nowhere is more sort of is this more evident than in the lower leg, the calves uh, and the ankle region. Now, here it's that the venous system, as well as the lymphatic system, is under severe, uh, severely low pressure. So it requires the movement of the calf, the dorsiflexion and plantar flexion, the pointing and, and tipping of the toes to change the muscle, muscle pressure here and slowly squeeze that fluid back up the limb, working against gravity. And when we're very, very inactive, that system starts to fail and we can get things like varicose veins, we can get things like just swelling ankles, but that also happens in your lower back. And what time of day are we not moving and run the risk of inflammation and just fluid building up in an area? when we're sleeping. So this is, is really, really an, a fundamental underpinning. And if you guys have any questions on that sort of process or want to clarify any points, then please do put those in the comments uh, below and we'll get onto that a little bit later. Now, that's the sort of the underpinning as to why I'm going to recommend some of the things I'm going to recommend here. But we need to know that that takes place. And if we've got an inflammatory process happening, there's going to be more vascular shunt to that area. And therefore, we're going to arguably get more inflammation building up in that area. So the movement becomes more, more important and the lack of movement becomes more detrimental. Hence why we find that we're stiff first thing in the morning or more sore first thing in the morning. Once we start going, things get a little bit better. Now, at the extreme ends of this scale, you're going to find that actually you wake up at three o'clock in the morning with pain. Maybe it's sciatic pain shooting down your leg. Maybe it's just really sore lower back pain. You roll over and ouch, it really hurts. Or just it wakes you up with that throbbing pain in the lower back because this area has swelled up quite a bit. And on the board now, I'm going to go through sort of four evaluation points for you guys to check. We'll talk about each one in a bit of detail so that you can see, okay, maybe I'm doing those two ones right, but I'm falling foul of that, that, that third or fourth one. So some of it is about setting yourself up before you go to bed. Some of it is about actually um, really, really dealing with it first thing in the morning to ease those symptoms as quickly as is possible. So first one is before we go to bed. And remember what I said about movement. This is so important before we go to bed. A lot of people, just the typical routine, we've all been there. You, you know, you finish your day, you go and sit in front of the TV, maybe we watch a film or a show, etc., And you're sat down maybe for an hour or two before bed. And it starts at that point the stiffness, the building up of inflammation starts at that point. And then we just go straight to bed and, and we start sleeping. So as soon as we start uh, being still and stop moving, we're going to find that this drainage, this natural drainage is going to reduce in its effectiveness. And therefore, if we start watching TV or being immobile and inactive at 7 p.m., but we don't go to bed till 11, we've had four hours there already for this stuff to build up inflammation to start to start to rise for the, for the excess fluid in that area to start to rise and things to start to stiffen up already and maybe that's not even enough to give you any sort of stiffness when you get out of the chair to go to bed but it's already started so then you're in bed for another six hours and we've got 10 hours total where we've been building things up 
So the one bit of advice that I'd recommend you try before we go to bed is be a little bit more active in those hours before bed. Don't camp out in front of the TV watching, I don't know, a three-hour Lord of the Rings show or watching five episodes of your favorite series back-to-back. I know how they can be very, uh, very addictive. You finish one and you want to start the next. That's, that's the design of the shows. But try and get up. Nowadays, we, we don't have as much in the way of breaks that allow us to get up from the chair because we don't want to watch the ads and go and get, get a cup of tea or something like that. We just sit there and consume content. So make this change. It may not be applicable to you, but a lot of people it is. Move a little bit more in the hour before we're going to bed. And that's no, not, not excessive stretching, nothing silly, but just moving around the house, doing bits and pieces. Maybe you're getting your coffee cups ready for the next morning, moving around, not emptying the dishwasher because that's not a good idea. We're bending forwards. Uh, that, that would be a bad idea. But, you know, you're reaching from the you know, cup from the cupboard, put it, put it next to the coffee machine or the tea or whatever it is that you have in the morning. Do something like that in the half an hour to hour before you go to bed to get things moving give you a lower base level starting level when you get into the bed and therefore it's going to take longer to build that inflammation or that excess fluid back up which leads to that stiffness bursting in the morning number 1 start out as you mean to start out as you mean to go on number 2 is the actual sleeping position now we've discussed this on a previous live stream with a lot of details in terms of the sleeping position this is more about just aggravating things overnight so we've got those two real tips that we had which was number 1 if you're sleeping on your back um, you can use that pillow underneath your knees to prop those knees up, and that sometimes can be a little bit more of a comfortable position for you. But my personal preference is going to be lying on the side with a pillow between the knees to allow the spine to be in a nice neutral position with the nice curve. You're on our side like so. And if you're a lady with particularly large hips, you can pop a little pillow under the side here to hold your spine neutral so you're not dipping in like so. And that way, you're going to have a more comfortable night's sleep and everything is going to be a little bit more symmetrical. The one danger with going to sleep in a position where you're very much hunched up is number one, well, there's two dangers. Number one, it's not particularly good for the ligaments in your back. You're going to stretch those out. And if you've seen any of our other live streams, I think I touched on this on yesterday's live stream, it's not particularly good for those ligaments as they're starting to heal. But number two is that we increase and stretch that whole area and therefore it'll fill up a little bit more readily. And when you then try and straighten back up, you're going to find it a little bit more uncomfortable. So try, try, try and avoid sleeping in a little ball position because that is not a good idea either. And the next one is as soon as you wake up, as soon as the, the lights come on, uh, what do we do? Quite often, people, maybe the alarm's going off, oh, quick, hit that off or whatever it may be. And then they, they're off, ready to go. You might fling your legs out of the bed. It's what are the, is the very first movement that we do and the first two or three movements that we do while we're in the bed. Many of you will be diligent here. And, and as I said, these four check, these, this four part checklist isn't necessarily you're going to be wrong on all of them. You might just be doing one of them. A lot of people are actually really cautious when they get out of bed because they know it's stiff. But some of you guys aren't. And for those of you that wake up on your back, a nice little shimmy. We've spoken about this before. It's something that we get patients to do after they've done spinal decompression on our IDD table. Is a nice little shimmy to re-engage everything. A little bit of movement, no twisting. We're not bending the knees up and twisting the knees over each side. That's a bad idea. That's not a good one. It's a little bit too aggressive for my liking and can catch you out. Instead, we're just doing a little shimmy. I'll show you guys again. I know how much you like this particular one. And it's just a, a little shimmy left and right. It's not twisting. Okay, none of that, just left and right. People will think this is a salsa class or something, but it's not. <laughs> so hopefully that, that little shimmy will just start to re-engage your lower back, get a little bit of movement, a little bit of pumping, a little bit of help, draining some of this stuff here, 
and that way you start to get a little bit more ease of movement a little bit faster. Once we've done that, many of you will know the towel exercise, the lumbar decompression exercise that you guys do. You're probably very diligent at getting off that towel whereby we roll with the spine still onto the side. Well, you do the same first thing in the morning. You bend your knees up one at a time, roll onto your side, and then pop yourself up with good technique. And that's just swinging yourself up so you're square and then getting out of the bed. How do we get out of the bed? We use our legs. We don't lean forwards loads and push ourselves up. We use our legs and stand up correctly. So what that means is, instead of going like that and then popping ourselves up, we're gonna get our heels right close to the edge of the bed, and then we're gonna use our legs so that the spine stays in an upright position as opposed to leaning forwards. And that way, we're gonna more effectively stand up. Because remember, your back will also have been healing overnight. Every single one of you guys, no matter how bad your back is, whether you've had tons of surgeries or whether you've just got a little minor injury, your back will try and heal overnight. It's a natural part of our body. You can't stop it. You can make it ineffective, but you can't stop it. And it will be trying to heal. So that, those first movements, we want to really, really avoid anything too aggressive, anything that puts too much excessive pressure on that spine and any movements that are too extreme left and right. Hence why I, I discourage you guys from doing the rotations. Healing has taken place. And if we can just stand up and just get an upright, good position and then start walking around, that's going to be really helpful. So that's immediately after you get out of bed. And then the first 30 minutes or so. From there, you're upright, you're ready to go. What do we want to avoid? Now, classically, people will go wash their face, brush their teeth, go to the bathroom, whatever it may be. All of those movements involve you bending forwards quite often, especially at the waist, which means our lower back's gonna be compressed. We want to avoid those things. So if you can put those off for just 10, 15 minutes at least, and just have a walk around the house, that will be to your benefit. Guys, having a shave in the sink, leaning forwards, it's not a good idea in that first 30 minutes to do those sorts of things. So as we mentioned before we went to bed, let's go downstairs, let's have a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, whatever it is, put a robe on. Don't start putting socks on first thing in the morning. Downstairs, do that, and you'll have a little bit of walking around in a good, safe, upright position, and that will be to your benefit. Then you can go and do those other things. But you should find that the stiffness and the discomfort, if we've checked all those boxes, we've moved a little bit more before we go to bed, we've slept in a good position, we've safely gotten out of bed, done a little shimmy, gotten up correctly without bending forwards, and then we walk around for so like that 10 or 15 minutes, we shouldn't have aggravated anything too much, and we should start to feel that everything's freeing up a little bit from the night, because it will swell up a little bit overnight, as I mentioned. Happens to everybody. If you put your hands on that lower back area, you'll find that the skin is a little bit more puffy first thing in the morning, even on a, you know, uh, everyone, everyone, um, compared to say your arm. Your arm, it kind of is gonna drain quite well. It's not gonna have that same puffy quality to it. And in the lower back, it often does because things pull there just the way it is for all human beings, whether or not you've got a back problem per se. So that's really the routine. The one final thing you can do is a lot of a lot of people in the Back in Shape membership, especially in the premium that we speak to more regularly, um, you guys have mentioned that you'll do maybe the phase one routine first thing. Some people find this really, really helpful. Again, if you understand the phase one routine, you can do those first exercises whilst you're on the bed. You do that shimmy first, then you do those two core exercises, then you pop up, you do a little bit of stretch, maybe you do the towel first. You find what Maybe you find a little bit better to do that towel first thing to open the area out. And then you get up and do the stretches or you just do it in the in the standard uh, basic routine and then you go about your daily tasks that's perfectly acceptable as well sometimes that is really really helpful for a lot of people and getting them going first thing in the morning but know that ultimately 
a little bit of stiffness in the morning, a little bit of rigidity, maybe a little bit of discomfort is completely understandable if you're recovering from back pain, especially if there's a chronic situation because the scar tissue that's in that surrounding tissue area of the lower back will affect the drainage. It'll be a little bit less mobile and there's just a little bit less health in that area. And slowly, as you stop injuring the area, as you get your body stronger through things like the phase two and the phase three exercises, you're going to find the health of that area in the lower back is going to be better. It's going to have better drainage and it's going to swell up less overnight. And you're really going to start to find that that stiffness is one of the, it's normally one of the last things to go, but that morning stiffness decreases and decreases and decreases. Maybe it goes from pain to stiffness, stiffness to a bother, and then it's gone. And that's really the way these sorts of things go. So hopefully you guys have found this video helpful, these step-by-step -step instructions. You've got a few evaluation points for yourself at home, and maybe you understand now how that sort of um, concept, how that phenomenon occurs, why that stiffness is there in the first place. So hopefully this has been helpful, and we'll get into Q&A. Okay, awesome. Um, I just wanted to uh, touch on icing. Would you recommend icing? Mm. I know that um, sometimes using like the biofreeze on the lower back or on the neck, um, if you've got a stiff neck, can be helpful, can be something that people like. But remember that when we've used cold on an area, it will naturally be a little bit more stiff. We don't want to be doing any silly movements immediately after that. So if we pop, do pop a bit of ice on the neck or the lower back when we wake up in the morning, uh, first thing, you've got that biofreeze just on the nightstand or you boom, a little bit on the back, give it a few moments, give it a little wiggle. Don't do anything too extreme, please. Uh, we just want to leave extreme movements out first thing in the morning. We don't want to be doing that. I've got lots of lovely comments. So many people on the live stream today. So it's okay. good to see everybody. Um, uh, Gloria, Gloria. Just before, uh, just before we go to questions, yeah. I had a, a comment from Voy on the on the orthotics. Okay. These are the orthotics. I mentioned these in the in the premium uh, Facebook group. These are the orthotics that we recommend. These 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 are mine. They're pretty worn. They're pretty old. The reason I, I've recommended these, these are very difficult to get hold of because ICB, is, they're a really good company. I did a, um, a tutorial with them. This is years ago, but they've a lot has gone into formulating like the, the angles, et cetera, in this and putting the foot in its correct position. There are different schools of thought around podiatrics, uh, uh, um, podiatry in the foot position, but I think these are really, really good. The important thing to note of these is that they're firm. You don't necessarily have to get these orthotics, you can get tons of different ones that they'll do the job. But what I do want you to make sure if you're getting these to help you with that pronation, that feet dropping in, arches dropping in, they can be a really quick fix that instantly make a difference. But the, the arch support needs to be firm. These have been worn out because I've been wearing them for literally years. But the arch support needs to be firm. It shouldn't be too soft. So if you are getting them from Boots or anywhere like that or Amazon, they need to be firm. Don't get something that you could bend with your little finger like it. it it requires a bit of pressure to, to, to drop this arch. You have to remember your body weight's going to be on here. So please, please, please. Um, these are difficult to get hold of just because when you've got a good arch support, the arch in here is very firm. So quite often it, it creates a bit of discomfort in the arch to start with when you're using them, which is an indication that you really needed it. But quite often, I think the reason they stopped selling these directly to patients is, or people um, and only through practitioners is because patients would get them and then say, oh, it hurts my feet and then stop using them or give them a bad review. And it's kind of an indication that it's doing the right thing if it does hurt that arch because it's supporting it because you're putting more pressure through it. So hopefully that'll help you, Voy. Uh, I just thought I'd talk about it today uh, at a little bit more length. Okay, awesome. Awesome. And then you said Gloria had a question. Uh, no, yeah, Gloria just said, uh, morning, I'm listening to all my bad morning. habits. Morning. Morning oh. makes pure sense now, which is... Which is I'm glad. Funny. I'm glad. A lot of people don't know these things. You know, you guys aren't necessarily supposed to know all these things about the body, but hopefully I can put it in a way that makes a lot of sense to you guys. So... And Alex on YouTube has said, uh, side sleeping with a pillow has made a huge difference for me. So yeah, that's really great. That side sleeping is, is a massive game changer for a lot of people. 
Um, there's a lot of game changers, aren't there? Yeah. They're just um, simple things, you know, and they don't cost, I mean, most people have pillows. Um, you know, it doesn't cost you anything more to go and get a pillow, uh, you know, out of the cupboard and use it. Okay, brilliant. Um, Marie is on YouTube and she has asked, I, uh, I try side position with pillow between my knees, uh, but with 20 minutes, I experience pain in my hip slash buttocks. Um, on my back is more comfortable, but I am concerned that I might not be healing. Um, question. So that I definitely look at the pillow in the side because quite often people do find that that is the main issue with that side sleeping position. We're not supporting the midsection, like I mentioned in the uh, just a moment ago and in that live stream on sleeping. So therefore, what happens is, although the spine's neutral, which is great, we're then bowing like that because the side isn't supported. It's really common for ladies just because of, of the um, the pelvis in a lady for obvious reasons is a little bit larger than in a man. Um, on average. Uh, so that can make a big difference by just using that little support on the side there. Uh, the reality is you, unless you're curling up and rounding up excessively, you're not really gonna be causing any particular damage, but try that, that that tip that I mentioned just before, maybe even using a little bit of ice. That's probably one thing I left out, which I should have added in. A little bit of ice or the biofreeze before we go to bed can also help just really calm the excess inflammation down there, especially if we've got a bit more of a new back issue or a back issue that hasn't necessarily, you haven't made maybe made as much progress with it um, as you could have in terms of the rehab and the and, and healing side of things. And in the, at those points, it can be really difficult when we start lying down. So Get a bit of ice on because that's going to help also decrease the aggressiveness of driving excess fluid into that area. Ultimately, your body's wanting to heal. That's that's what's happening there. It's trying to drive more nutrients to that area so it can heal. And it's just a little bit inappropriate and, 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 and unnecessary uh, to do it in that in that sheer volume. So try those two things. Uh, that should help. Okay, brilliant. She said, thank you. Thank you, Marie. Uh, okay, Karen is asked, sleeping in the recovery position can often be really comfortable. Would this be a good position to sleep in? Um, I'd, I'd probably avoid that. And the main reason for that is going to be the recovery position is quite neutral for the spine. It's great. It's good for the neck as well. Providing our, our things are square, our heads are square. But the, the main issue I would say with the recovery position is going to be uh, that you tend to put a rotation it's that one leg that's up. You're going to put a rotation through the spine. And uh, that, although it may feel nice, we, we want to try and avoid that if possible. Okay. We want square. We want, we want square. We want neutral. That's, that's, that's where we want to be. Okay. Ollie has asked, will massage help to drain some of the fluid you mentioned that builds up? Yeah, yeah. You can get um, uh, lymphatic type massages, which are going to be good. They're going to help drain the area. They're generally very gentle now. I know we did a, a massage video a little while ago uh, talking about sort of deep tissue massage or myofascial release, uh, but a, a lymphatic type massage should be gentle because all we're doing is we're running over the skin, over the superficial areas to help uh, really with the drainage. One thing I would say is the lower back really is a little bit too deep. You know, it, it's when we're touching the lower back, depending on how much muscle and soft tissue we've got, when someone's pressing your spine, they're over here. So even if we're rubbing up and down here, we're really just influencing the muscles and the soft tissues up here. We're not actually getting into the spine. And it's in here where the inflammation is actually bothering you. It's not out here. So from a point of view of it's not a bad thing to do for the long term, it'll help you with the legs and stuff. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be that useful in the lower back just because you're not really going to be able to go. Spine's in the way, essentially. Okay, uh, brilliant. And Joe has asked, uh, could, could it be the position uh, that I sat on in the sofa that causes the pain as well as uh, the time on the sofa? I sit with a foot rest and it feels like uh, my uh, he essentially rounds his back more with his feet up. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's not good. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, we've been through this. It's just about engaging with your body, really. Um, maybe we can try and do a live stream at some point on sofa sitting, but sofas generally, they're not exactly uh, ideal for your spinal position. Now, if you're sat in that position, if we've got tight hamstrings, it's the hamstring with the legs up, it's going to pull the spine around like that. And you're sat in this position. Now, many of you guys that have been on the live streams before, do you think that is a good position or a bad position? You should definitely post that in the comments so people that are new can see how many people think that's a bad position when we should be like that. So having the um, having the spine in that position for an extended period, as, I, as I've mentioned time and time again before, uh, in the clinic, we do x-ray analysis and we look at people's spines and we find a lot of people with recurrent back issues have a reduction in the curve, the curve is too flat. And when we get patients doing the right thing using a specific orthotic, it's just something that you lie over, similar to the towel, but a little bit stronger. When they lie over that for 20 minutes every single day for a period of three to four months, only 20 minutes, you can, re you can change or reinstate the curve, improve the curve, increase the curve by about 25% in that three to four month period from just 20 minutes a day. And you'll see why knowing and seeing that happen time and time again for patients improving their curve, why I'm so against you just slouching in that position for extended periods of time. If you don't have the hamstring flexibility, it's going to all be going through your lower back and we're going to be creating a situation where we're reducing the integrity of those lower back ligaments that support and maintain the curve. As we've also done on the boards before, we've drawn out those ligaments. You can see that there is a ton of ligaments through here that are designed to maintain this nice curve here so the spine can function correctly and very little in the way of support along the front, relatively speaking. And therefore, by stretching these out and completely eradicating the support and stability mechanism in this lumbar spine through watching the TV for three hours every night for a period of three to four months or three to four years, we can see why these spines get stuck in wrong positions. And then when people stand up, they're stuck like that. Well, I mean, I can't even, it's difficult for me to, there we go, that's better. And they're stuck like this when they stand up and the bum's tucked under and we're in that really, really awful position for the lower back rather than stood up out. And, and with the chest out strong, the core engaged, and, and really that lower back lordosis maintained. So please, please, please uh, avoid those positions for extended period. Now, there's no good me absolutely slating that position because you'll think, well, should I throw the sofas out the window um, and, and just sit on an upright dining chair? It just requires a little bit of sensibility. Um, using things like the towel, for example. You know, I, I know I go on about it quite a lot, but it, it's such a simple tool. We've, we've all got them. And having that little rolled up towel and getting the bum in the back of the chair and allowing it to just support that spine for a little bit, even if it's a smaller towel than the one that you normally use to do your lumbar decompression exercise. Maybe it's, I don't know, uh, this is full, but maybe it's the size of this here. And it's just a small hand towel, just there to just put a little bit of resistance against that lower back. And if you're semi-recumbent, maybe you're leaning back, you've reclined the, you know, the chair or whatever it may be. There's just that little bits of support for the lumbar spine but also another health another healthy tip even if you are going to slouch for five minutes or so not a big issue but get out of that position and move around pause it take breaks get up if you're watching if you watch a long film you know every so often and in the evening most of it is you're watching sort of series or, or documentaries or those sorts of things there's going to be breaks or hopefully there will be breaks built into those shows so you can just get up during the break rather than camping out and, and 10 to 15 minutes get up move around will be helpful and should be really enough to, to combat any sort of less than ideal seated positions in your favorite comfy chair. So hopefully that's helpful.
uh, makes a bit of sense. Okay, great. Um, Juliet has said uh, that a session on sofa sitting would be brilliant. Maybe we could incorporate that with kind of daily habits. We were talking about it yesterday with the kitchen. And yeah, I think we could know. maybe do one on chairs. Um, you know, we've had a few comments about kneeling chairs. Why are they good? Those sorts of things. Um, yeah, we'll we could definitely do together. that. We'll put something together. We'll, we'll uh, stick it in the premium uh, premium um, Facebook group okay, uh, awesome. this weekend. Um, Faye has said, um, I've slept in the recovery position all my life. Probably uh, part of my problem. I can't sleep like that now without pain. Mm. Um, and from what you have said, it's good. Yeah, um, yeah just, just use those pillows, square yourself off, you know, go back through, maybe watch this video again. Watch those four points, make sure we're getting them right, make sure we're not making any errors there and, and things should really start to improve. But the other thing to bear in mind, if we've had this problem for a long period of time, it requires consistency. I've used the example of the cake and the losing weight before, so I won't bore you guys with it, but we need to make these changes and then be consistent for a good period of time. You know, think about how long this has maybe been a problem for you, the back pain has been building up for, and then, you know, bear in mind that if it's been longer than a couple of months we probably need to be doing these good practices for a good couple of weeks before they're them alone are going to have an, an impact and you should obviously be doing those exercises that we recommend as well okay i'm just uh, just sticking with Faye. i was uh, mm -hmm. texting with her yesterday and she did have a question for you it is rather specific yeah sure uh, is, do you have any specific recommendations for uh, her issue uh, for the exercises in phase two are they still safe so she's got weakness in the muscle on her left leg I was at um, L4-5. to the L4 nerve impingement. I cannot flex my foot properly, mm -hmm. although my L5 is compensating. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, the thing with that is that there's... So if you're... The, the, if I take a step back and just explain to you guys how we've created these exercises and why we've created these exercises, uh, that really will sort of answer the question for you, for you, Faye, and many others watching this. Is because it's something we get all the time. People will send a report and they'll say, "Oh, am I able to do this exercise? I've got this condition. I've got that condition. I've got an MRI with a, a laundry list of issues. Maybe I've got spondylolisthesis. I've got degenerative disc disease. I've got herniations, etc." The whole premise behind these exercises, you've learned in phase one, to engage your core without moving your spine, uh, and that holds everything steady. Um, if you are doing the phase one, phase two exercises correctly. They will not cause you any issues. If you do them incorrectly and we lose that core engagement when we're doing, say, the dead bugs or the marching bridges, then you run the risk of irritating things. Um, and you're not going to cause any severe damage, but if you do them badly, they're going to, they're, 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 they run the risk of just aggravating things a little bit. And that's okay, but we don't want to do it repeatedly. So the exercises in short are going to be safe for you, especially that lumbar tower decompression. That's going to take a load off the disc, which is going to help with what I suspect is some soft tissue stenosis in that L4 region or the L4-5 region irritating that L4 nerve. Um, and therefore, unloading that disc is going to be helpful. Uh, putting the ice on that is going to be helpful. And then improving the core stability so that we can protect that area from any more severe damage in the medium to long term is just so vital. And you're learning, hopefully, uh, as you're going through these exercises to engage your core without moving the spine. And I'm just going to reiterate this for you guys because it's really important for, for Faye and for everybody else that when we engage the core, I'm going to stick my tummy out here and then we go in, okay? My spine has not moved. Many of you will have the tummy out and they'll do that to engage the core. We'll tuck around and this is a big mistake. It's not, it's not helpful. As you tuck that bum under, you're going to drive pressure straight up through your discs and if you've got that L4 issue where it's, it's compromising the nerve a little bit, then that's going to be a very bad idea. We want to really avoid that. Now, you may have been given some exercises before to, to hug the knees, to open out the hole. 
fundamentally, as you open out the hole, you're driving more pressure to that poor little disc. So it's not going to be a good idea. Please, 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 for, for someone like yourself and others watching this uh, with maybe a, a little bit more uh, longer MRI list or something like that, or you've tried lots of stuff before, but we put the videos out there with the instructions, et cetera, and, and especially those new walkthrough videos. There's one going up for phase one uh, later today or tomorrow, I think today. it is. Today? Today is. Today, yes, yeah, uh, later this evening, where, where we're going through those exercises and I'm talking about it and, and these extra little tips and, and it's so you guys know what to do. So it's not just a video of do this exercise like this. It's why are you doing it this way? And if you've got any of these additional complications, these additional bits and pieces, then we really want to make sure that we're doing the exercises with impeccable form. And if you can do one or two good ones, that is, that is enough to start and it'll be good for you. If it's, there's no point, if you can only do two good ones, you pushing it and doing five or 10 bad ones because the bad ones will not be good for you. So please work on the technique. Be patient if we've got a more complicated condition like that. And, and that's something that you, you really want to sort of evaluate on an ongoing basis and give yourself sort of a week, see how it's going and, 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 and go from there. Awesome. Um, but Faye, I would say, you know, you, 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 I think you're in the, the premium. So get in that Facebook group. Uh, and if you've got any further questions on any of the videos, uh, make sure we, we put a video out the other day, I think maybe just before you joined um, on how to use the actual Facebook page for the premium members. Get in there and just watch that little video. Maybe we can tag Faye in it mm -hmm. after this after this live stream. Um, so just make sure you know where all the units are because you can actually comment on those videos. So if you're finding any one of these exercises a little bit more challenging, put a comment in there because it's it, you know it's helpful. We can we can um, reply to you in there. Yeah, it's our way of helping well. helping you better. More specifically, um, so uh, she she has said that it's the 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 disc gel that's come out mm. compressing the nerve. It's a fairly fresh injury, only three weeks. Yeah, so th that towel. What we really want to do, so this is this is a really good example. It's maybe a little bit different from the average person because a lot of the guys uh, coming into the um, back in shape or good number have more chronic issues, more long-standing issues. Um, with face, someone like yourself, where this is maybe the first time you've actually injured this disc, we really want to make sure that it, it won't just be the disc that's been injured. It'll be the other tissues on the back, like we discussed, I think, in yesterday's live stream and in the slip disc live stream. So definitely maybe check those out as well. Um, we really want to make sure that you heal nicely. And therefore, unloading those discs through the towel stretch is, is really going to be an awesome one. Uh, if you've got any questions, post in that in that particular video on the live stream. And we want to just make sure we protect our spine as much as possible, help you learn how to do these normal movement patterns so that that disc heals well and it doesn't become a chronic long-term issue. It doesn't need to be if we do the right things. Okay, awesome. Alex, I've seen your uh, your comment on YouTube. So yes, I will tag you in it too, no problem. Um, cool. Kate has just said here, these tips are really good. I'm finding sleeping on my side with a pillow is great. Even good. more so if uh, if she keeps her spine straight opposed to curling up. Um, she also said, is it okay to do the towel um, when she's, as soon as she gets up when she's lying on the mattress as opposed to the floor? Yeah, I did actually mention that. Um, I mentioned the, the the towel. Yes, you're right to make the distinction. Is it okay to do one or the other? I'd, I'd really suggest do it um, whichever's easier for you. If you actually really do struggle a little bit with that stiffness in the morning, then have it handy on the on, on the bed. It's not the end of the world. I, I would say it's better to do it on the floor because we've got a firmer surface. But we have to make do with what with what we what we can. And sometimes for certain certain people and certain members, it's necessary to do some of these exercises on the bed. Um, maybe because of other issues like the neck, we can support the pillows. Not that I'm a big fan of doing that long term, but it's a necessary step because we've got to fix that back. Um, so there are cases where it's appropriate or it's allowed, uh, you're allowed to do the towel on the bed. And that would be one of those cases. 
um, I would definitely recommend that because the the problem is we have to we have to consider the whole uh, the whole act of using the towel. The towel is not just using the towel. The towel is getting down onto the floor. The towel is getting in position. The towel is getting off, and the towel is getting back up on onto your legs again. And we have to consider. And then this is really, really important for you guys to pay attention to, especially if you're early on in phase one. Um, we have to consider not just the exercise, but the environment in which the exercise is being done. And therefore, you know, if you've got a dog, that's, you know, that jumps on you when you're doing these exercises, that's not good either. So we, we close the door, maybe keep the dog outside of the room uh, or a person if they jump on you. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen or trip over you maybe if we're doing it in the hallway. Um, but consider the environment in which and, and the activities that you will be doing immediately afterwards because that's also very important. For some of you, it's not going to be appropriate or necessary. It's just too difficult to get onto the floor. And therefore it is actually better that you do these exercises on the bed because you get an easier time in the short to medium term getting off that exercise. After you've done a load of good stuff, we don't want you bending down, struggling to get up off the floor. It's not helpful. It's gonna create issues, but do it on the bed. Okay, brilliant. Hope that I think, helps. I think that's all of the questions awesome. for, for today. Awesome. Brilliant. That's good. Hopefully you guys found this video helpful. Uh, there were quite a lot of comments there. And uh, that, that, was, that was really appreciated. Hopefully you guys have a great weekend as well. Just to sort of round this off, um, are you going to say something? I was just going to say about the phase one routine that we are launching. To, I believe yes, it yes, is yes, tonight yeah. around 7 p.m. Yeah, um, it be very helpful. For unfortunately, uh, it was about a 40-minute video uh, because I was rambling a little bit too much. <laughs> There's a lot of explanation in there. And uh, we did do an extra rep on each of the stretches as well. Uh, so hopefully you guys are going to find that helpful. In the, in the private members group, uh, it's on the backinshapeapp.com website. Uh, in your members area so that that's there uh, but also it'll be in the private facebook group it's on the youtube channel so you just hit the link in there and it'll send you straight over to youtube um, and you can watch it on youtube it was just really large and was taking ages to upload to facebook last night so uh, we've put it on there for the time being so you can watch it follow along if you do find it helpful feel free to share that one uh with anyone else uh that's watching that um and hopefully you guys find it really really useful and uh that's pretty much it for today. Again, as we always say, if you're new to the channel, thank you very much for joining us and listening to me talk for this long. <laughs> uh, if you're still here, uh, do please consider subscribing to the channel so you don't miss out on these live streams in the future. The Q&A is really the most enjoyable part. That's where we can help you guys more. Um, so please do stay tuned for that towards the end of the videos. We do that every single weekday. Lara's gonna post the uh, topics for next week in the Facebook group uh, later this weekend, stroke mm -hmm. Monday morning. So you guys will know exactly what we're gonna be talking about. On Monday, we will be doing the live stream a little bit later in the day. It's gonna be in the afternoon. So do just double check that, uh, that you're on the right time. We don't want you guys waking up early to catch it at the wrong time of day. Uh, with that being said, everyone have a great weekend uh, and we will see you next week with another live stream. Thanks everyone. Bye guys.